Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. This is Jay Kroger, creator of the Comedy Bureau. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is, of course, a member of the Believe podcast family. That's not Believe, it's Believe. That's one word that I'm sure is supposed to mean Believe. And that is why on your favorite podcast, platform or app it says believe in the comedy bureau field report i hope by the single act of listening to this podcast that you do in fact believe in it but if you choose not to and just have a passively in the background is white noise i'm good with that too because the numbers check out the same and it makes our sponsors happy so with that said i want to welcome a great illustrious guest for this week a great comedian great actor uh, one of the most fun people in the LA comedy scene, I would say. Um, pretty sure we the last time uh, we were uh, together in person before quarantine uh, was drunkenly dancing at bar 1400, 1200. I forget what the number is. 4100. That's what it is. Please give it up for Ever Maynard. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. I think it was bar 4400. 4400? Yeah. Well, whatever it is, the whatever name changed, it was, yeah, the name and they have a patio now. <laughs> I saw that it's surrounded by like a chain link fence. Yeah, so it's you so feel inviting. safe. Yeah, <laughs> so inviting. <laughs> mm, I love this ambiance. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really great. Yeah, just fresh stainless steel <laughs> like chain fence. link in a fence. parking lot next to a Jiffy Lube on the corner of Sunset and what Fountain. So it's just uh, high traffic. You're just right, right. <sighs> What's funny is we dreams. just painted a picture like it's a real bipartisan. Everything else around it is so chic. It actually really is. And it's a fun bar. I'm not oh, going to yeah. lie. It's a fun bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently after today, we can go back in. It's June yeah. 15th. I don't know if you ever say that in your podcast. Uh, yeah, no, apparently. Well, yeah, according to. According Lisa, to. Yeah. Governor Newsom, the state of California is no longer mandating that we uh, have to follow COVID protocols unless you're in a group of, I believe, 5,000 or more. So there's no more social distancing this man. Now, if you're a business, you can still require and they're not going to stop you. But also like one of my favorite diners in town that thankfully survived. Fred 62, I, I went in like... Um, a couple of days ago and I was talking to the uh, manager and he was like, yeah, you know, 15th is coming and yeah, I'm not too excited because like, you know, we're, we'll say we'll have a mass policy, but we can't enforce that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like with, I mean, I'm not a business owner, but who's just say you're vaccinated. I know if you're not. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a hard, Hmm little gray area and i think whatever yeah yeah anyways we'll get more into that later how has quarantine been what have you been up to what's your journey been have you evolved into a higher state of being i would hope so but i think i've just devolved into stress i used to feel like no everything's gonna work out i'm very calm and then uh covid happened I, I still feel that way. I still feel like, okay, like what happened kind of whip, whiplashed, but getting back into myself. But, you know, at first it was really confusing, I think for a lot of us and, and probably for you too, because you were out every night yeah. and all of a sudden that's taken away. And, and I was grateful to have um, work through the pandemic. Um, to pay the bills. So I'm grateful for that, but it definitely put me in a different headspace. You know, definitely was like a bit of an identity, I wouldn't say crisis, but a challenge right. of, you know, I, I had this job that was, you know, 8 a.m. until 9, 10 p.m. at night sometimes. Oof. I felt like my creativity went away. I was working from home. I didn't know anybody on this job. Um, oh. I was, it was a production gig and, mm-hmm. 
it sort of became this anxiety in my life instead of like, okay, I log into the computer and then I shut my computer and then I'm able to write. But I was so exhausted through the day and just so anxious of like knowing, okay, I have to go to the store. What do I need for the store? Okay. Get my mask, get the hand sanitizer. Bop. Am I going to wait in line? And it just right. for a long time, just would, I don't know if you want me to be, as, I, I think I'm supposed to for like industry wise, be like, yeah, everything's great. I wrote a pilot. I did write a pilot, but yeah. Yeah. But that's what I did. As honest as yeah, much but as possible. I, yeah, thank you. But because like it's great. Some people thrive. Some people got famous on Instagram Live and TikTok. Right. And that's great. But I became like confused and then you know, naturally jealous of like, well, why how come not me too? And why are my ideas? And right. I don't know. I just, you know, it was just a a weird pause and I think that's okay. And I feel, yeah, I I think a lot of people who, you know, if you resist something, it just becomes harder, but if you accept it and move through it and you can move on from it. So I've stopped resisting that anxiety and Mm -hmm. addressing it. Anyways, how about you? (laughs) Well, you know, Mm-hmm. I, this is what I've been saying now to people. I had the sort of 2020, like that sort of year where I I am doomed to do a solo show about it. Ooh, it was that bad. It was yeah. very, very bad. Very, very not good. We got ourselves a flea bag Bo Burnham on our hands, baby. Yeah, but <laughs> worse than them because they had a bunch of money and like either deals at Netflix or Amazon. Can we talk about that? Like, it's not like they came out of nowhere. Everyone's like, have you seen it? And it's like, yeah, Ben Burnham's been around. And I have to say, everybody's talking about, oh, you're a white man and you're in isolation. But again, you have the money, you have the means. You're telling me you edit that all by yourself. But the thing that really pissed me off, because I tried to watch it, and then after this, I turned it off, was uh, when he was like, I had planned to have this all done by my 30th birthday. So it's 11.58, <laughs> and I'm just going to sit here. And I'm like, fuck you. You're 29. You're rich. Right. You're Bo Burnham. You're creating this special. You have the means you have the emotional and mental capability and space to be creative and complain right. that you're not creative and you're in isolation. Go fuck yourself. Yep. And you have Sorry. a loving, loving partner who is also a celebrated director. What? Yeah, he's dating Lorene Scafaria, I believe. Oh, okay. Because I was like, who is directing these shots and editing and then coming through with like, well, oh, here's the transition. Right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was Bo, but like, like the more of a support system you had through this. I mean, the better. Yeah. Also that room, like that's like a cool looking room. <laughs> Come on, Bo Burnham. We're on to you. <laughs> I mean, He's like, what did I ever do to you? Nothing but that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you did, Bo Burnham. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were people who weren't, it, it didn't have the emotional capacity to, for, to do a special, but they had like access and means or like an obligation to. Mm-hmm. And what? And was it that good? No. A lot of fun songs. I could. No, no, really... no. I mean, I'm not talking about Bose. I, I mean, I enjoy Bose special, but like versus there was, I wouldn't say a litany, but there was like a good handful, a healthy handful of specials that people that so many networks, so many comedians tried, whether it's like in front of cars or alone or, you know, whatever, like people tried so many things and so much of it didn't work. I mean, I will say I will, I agree with you, but I will say on a positive note, it did challenge performers creativity to find a new venue through this time. Yeah. I, Oh, I appreciate that for sure. And I can't but, wait to uh, see Christina Catherine Martinez and whatever she did. And whatever she's doing at the yeah. LACMA. Are you talking no, about that or was it at LACMA? I thought it was just some weird art gallery. She got a like a grant for and she oh, just like, too, yeah, she like shot at for a week. Yes, I remember. Yes. At the beginning of last summer, I feel like in the fall or something. Everything's the same. Yes. What <laughs> is time? I mean, <laughs> It is a man-made construct, but it does seem to go in one direction. It really does, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Really, really unfortunate. Really unfortunate. But, um, I mean, you know, not to put the listeners through it uh, more than they already have, but, like, as a quick rundown, I got appendicitis in October and almost died. I went through. What? Yes. Oh, my God. 
I know I had to drive myself to the ER on a Saturday morning at 4 a.m. You'll appreciate this ever. I made sure my jacket and pants matched. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like you don't want to look like an ass. Yes, that was in immense pain, in immense <laughs> abdominal pain. I was still thinking like, I can't be like a slob, you know? Yeah, people are, this is my outing. This is my <laughs> daily outing. <laughs> That's yep. how I felt going to the grocery store. It's like, this is it. This is a weekly outing, baby. Like, here it is. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to go die. I better yep. look good. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Damn, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert, I survived. Oh uh, um, yeah, the best spoiler. Yes, uh, I went through my first heartbreak breakup my whole life. Oof, that's rough. Yeah, um, I found I couldn't get high off of weed. Interesting, do tell. Yeah, were so, you trying to do that for your heartache? No, well, no, I mean, not really. It was kind of a more general thing, like a the the chaos is really raining down on all of us. So I'm just going to, but the thing was one of the, the last live shows I did, I got a swag bag of weed and um, I don't partake, but I don't judge please mm. by all means. Um, yeah. And I, it was just sitting on my desk. And as I spent more and more time on my desk in quarantine, I was like, why not? Nothing just else is it. going on. Just do it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I actually studied up how to like, you know, cause it was a whole marijuana flower. I like grounded it up and put it in a pipe and smoked it correctly five times, nothing. And then there was like weed infused cooking oil that I used and I took the recommended doses and twice the, that uh, for a second time, also nothing. Damn. So I'm, I feel like what I'm left with is doing dabs, which will probably cause a panic attack. Which... Don't do a dab. No. Don't do dabs. It'll probably, it will cause a panic attack. I remember I was hosting for Riot, which is now defunct RIP Riot Fest. Right. I was the high priestess, this was a long time ago, for mm -hmm. Sprig with Jash. Oh, yes, I remember. And Sprig is a weed-infused soda. Yeah, like a sparkling, it'd be right. like a LaCroix. Mm -hmm. I had the worst panic attacks of my life. And I had to, I had to interview all these comics and they just kept giving me sprig and they're like, well, it's like one beer. It's not one beer, Yeah, but I drank it like it was one beer. So like, I'm like two, three cans deep tripping uh -huh. my balls off. And then like, I'm looking around, like I got to get out of here, but I still had like two hours worth of work. It was, it was the worst experience of my life. I will never drink a sprig again. <laughs> and for just for your listeners, don't sprig and drive. Don't sprig, okay. don't sprig and bath. Don't sprig and be in your home. Don't sprig and call your mom. Don't sprig. Just don't sprig. Don't sprig. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I, and okay. You know what? Who invented Sprig? Bo Burnham. <laughs> Fuck you, Bo Burnham. <laughs> no wonder he's so fabulously wealthy and he can take <laughs> cinema level cameras into a room and make I it look epic. Mean, it, it was beautifully shot. Yeah. Beautifully yeah. shot. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's about in a nutshell uh, uh, for me. But for you, you said, okay, we left off heartache. Heartache, Which is yeah. hard. Which the hard, first one. Hard. They yeah, say the first one deal. cuts cuts the deepest and it does yeah. and uh what what do you what do you do when you're stuck in it side all the time it's just stare at it and like scratch at it because what else are you gonna do yeah yeah that's true yeah that's true uh, yeah process were, it yeah uh and for a long time the only people i could see was my roommate and my parents oh that's rough for, yeah voted for trump twice tight <laughs> yeah so Sounds so cool, cool. Yeah, yeah i felt i had a falling out with my brother and his wife because the and like it sounds like embarrassing to say over facebook but my mom she's now deactivated her facebook but like mm -hmm. when the supreme court made it legal that everybody has equal rights including the gays um mm -hmm. my sister-in-law her entire family whom i've never met or my mom my mom is not half these people Mm -hmm. Friends of her mother's family were like, trans people are pedophiles. This is disgusting. Jesus. Like posting all this like right wing conspiracy theories and like those like right wing family networks, right. which is really like a cover up for like, this is the Institute of Bibbidi Bop. Mm -hmm. Hey, 
And then my cousin got involved and was like, hey, like Jesus says to love. It, it was a big fiasco. I just sat and watched. Right. My brother chimed in about how it was hateful. And then all of a sudden, my sister-in-law was like, why is your family attacking me? And it's like, you're, you literally just was like, gay people are pedophiles. You're a freak. This is disgusting. Right. But sure, we're attacking <clears throat> you. And like, we haven't mm-hmm. spoken in over a year. Like, what am I supposed right. to do? Like... I don't call them on Christmas. I don't see them on Thanksgiving. I don't give a fuck. Like, it's right. like, oh, hi, Krista. You think that I'm a pedophile, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Man, uh, happy holidays. Oh, yeah, uh, is there a war on Christmas still? Is there yeah. one of those people? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I can't come to Christmas this year. I'm actually enlisted against Christmas. I've joined the war. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. Oh, can we do that as a bit? At some, whenever the holidays roll around, just like, all oh, right, yeah, everyone join who, the war. <laughs> no, you bought a ticket. And I don't know if you read the fine print, but you are now enlisted in the war against Christmas. <laughs> I would love to do a show called War Against Christmas with you or, yeah. just, or just called Against Christmas or we'll figure it out. Something sly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody so else listening. Take this idea. Fuck you guys. If you do that, you are worse than Sprig. <laughs> oh man i feel like we got to do like a recap of all the enemies we like name check bo burnham anybody who takes our war against christmas ideas select members of our family <laughs> yeah well they're not so much like there's a lot of my basically my whole side of my dad's family um they don't really like that i'm not white um, they don't, I know they don't really explicitly say that, but there were a couple of Christmases ago of war against Christmas. Um, my Four dad years ago. Yeah. <laughs> dude, many, many wars ago. Yeah. Uh, it was the second great war against Christmas. Um, my dad, he, he gets this text from his side of the family. Like, oh, we're having like the family get together for the holidays. And we just wanted to let you know that, uh, of course you're welcome, but uh, we please ask if you didn't bring your family exactly and yeah for the listeners ever just gave a puzzle i gave a look i said is your dad that's your family but don't come yeah yeah and then i was like dad what huh and he looks at me and he says so um apparently they think you dress too flashy i am i i could rip out their throats Right. What are they dressing in? Flip flops and billabongs? I get a fucking grip in a polo. And, or are they my and, landlord? And also, it's a party. You are supposed to look nice. Uh oh. <laughs> Can I right. answer these while we chat? I don't want you sure. to think I'm being rude. No, no, no. It's it's okay. It's okay. The the unfortunate thing about Zoom is that it doesn't give time code while you're recording. Okay, so it's three twenty eight. Oh fuck. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> no, I'll find it. Sure. It's okay. <laughs> You'll see the level spike. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I kind of want to keep all this in now, but all right, fine. Can you bleep out the names? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, I can do that. Okay. That would be helpful. Hang on. Sorry, everyone. I'm so Hollywood with my post production gig. Hello, <laughs> editors. <laughs> I get it. My roommate's an editor. Really? Yeah. What what do they edit? They edit um well they primarily they do sound uh both in, on set like in production and in post but they also do like full editing and they edit um shorts and they were editing this feature throughout the uh, throughout uh quarantine. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean it was like an indie thing. Don't worry, it's not anything you're going to see in theaters. Yeah, but it's still pretty cool. Like anybody yeah. working in film, I think is great. Yeah, I keep trying to remind her that. <laughs> it's but it's hard in quarantine, and it's like what? Uh, right. It really is. I mean, I keep that as a matter of perspective. Over the last few weeks, I was just thinking about this. Of like, so I moved out of my parents' like house two years ago, and when I moved out, I was like wondering. How am I going to keep this up? I don't know. I need to do it because I didn't feel safe because basically it became obvious to me if I ever admitted to my parents that I'm agnostic, that they would disown me. I feel the same way. And I have an uncle that's a Catholic. Well, I'm not agnostic. I'm Buddhist, but they can't know. Yeah. Yeah. They can't know. 
Well, that's another, well, I'm not a card carrying Buddhist um, ever, but I do do Nam Myoho Renge Kyo every day. Oh my God, there's my, there's my Gahonsen. Oh, look well, at you that. you can't see it, but yeah. yes, I figured you were, but because of the phrasing that you started this podcast off with, and then I've noticed in your signatures and the, the daily updates, it's about giving joy and like your right. hope that this helps your life. I said, Somebody's been studying Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fun way of how I even came about that. Um, I I went to I've been my, my one of my favorite Japanese restaurants in LA. Yuko Kitchen. Which one? Yuko Kitchen. That's not the one in North Hollywood slash Reseda, is it? No, there's one on Wilshire and Miracle Mile, and there's one downtown. Okay. Yeah, uh, they're they're wonderful. I think they have the best teriyaki chicken in all of Los Angeles. Please give me that info because I love it. Yeah, I absolutely will. I went, I've been going to the Wilshire location for years, but I went to the downtown one um, because I just happened to be downtown one time, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll just give this a shot. And I walk in to pick up my order and the girl behind the counter was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, I started like laughing kind of maniacally and being like, are you kidding me? It's like terrible. Everything's bad. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And uh, I guess she was just not busy. So we ended up talking and uh, we both connected over the fact that we had suicidal ideation at one point okay. in our lives and like we followed each other on instagram and she got me into hiking and um yeah into chanting that's incredible yeah see that's the way it all works but do you guys still keep in touch we do okay is anything you know <laughs> Is a budding fretting shit friendship happening? Is that what you're getting at? Oh, I'm just saying, like, is it no? Is there a romance? No. How is not not interested? You're, no, you're I mean, I I guess I'd be open to it, but I don't think that that is the dynamic of our friendship. That's really nice, though. Yeah, it is really nice. It is really nice. It's nice to have like friends, especially like friends in your adult age that are new and that give you new life experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a fan of that because. I don't know. We're so immersed in comedy and our friends are comedians that when you meet new people, you're like, <gasps> here are new ideas and new things. Right. They, they don't, they're not worried about like <laughs> what Bo Burnham did in quarantine. <laughs> I, I mean, we're not, we're not concerned. They're not concerned about what our acquaintances are doing and how they got so many views. Like, let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, it was it was exciting. And I mean, yeah, I went to two Buddhist meetings like on Zoom. Hang it on. was it was oh, OK. S SGI. Oh, SGI. Yeah. Hold, hold it. Holding for email. Holding yeah. for email. Holding for email. Cool. I'm going to wait right. for this email back. Oh, cool. and then I got to send another email. Sorry, it's so slow. It's OK. It's all okay. Good. I don't. I don't. I didn't mean to be like unprofessional. No, it's fine. No, it truly, it, it is fine. I I do that. I now am trying to imagine. This would be really funny if you're like doing Rogan and what universe would you do the Joe Rogan experience unless you wanted to? I mean, don't they get paid? I think yeah, you he better for all the bullshit he libertarian nonsense he like puts out there, he better pay people. You would hope so. Yeah. But okay, hang on. Now I'm sending to a bunch of and you can leave this in here. Maybe it'll be like a fun thing for your listeners. I'm sending to a bunch of Netflix executives. Uh-huh. Response needed, July 17th. Okay. 2 p.m. Everyone's uh -huh. like, what's happening at 2 p.m.? <laughs> what is happening at 2 p.m. ever? Mixed playback. Yeah. What it what it what does Ted Sarandos have planned? <laughs> what does Ted Sarandos have that I don't? <laughs> <laughs> everything everything? <laughs> yeah, everything. He's got literally the whole world and keys to my career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you feel this way. I for a while I've I've um clocked Netflix for they basically want to replace the word television. That's their goal, it seems. Yes. 
different like emails to different executives at the moment and i have to make sure i don't sound like an idiot like i'm texting a friend right 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 and it's like hang on um and i'm saying like a lot of words like checking in circling back uh, oh love that we'll respond we'll follow lingo yeah 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 it's all good it just i'm like the facial the way your facial expressions are evolving while you're answering emails is entertaining to me because I mean, I'm essentially I'm reading that as like this is Ever's professional face. This is me like. If you fuck up, it's gonna look so bad in front of so many people and reflect on my boss, who I dearly love, right? Uh, on this show, and I don't want that. Right. And it's like I, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I hope this is not boring to all the. <laughs> no, 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 no. All you listeners, but here's a look behind the curtain. Yeah, sometimes you're on top of the world, and sometimes you're a post coordinator in this business. <laughs> you know, people get. You think that people don't get sensitive, but people get sensitive. And you have to tiptoe in all sorts of lives. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Is, you know, the benefit of running your own bureau and you're your own employee is I just answer emails when I can get to them. And you know what I will say, hang on, while we're doing this, I'm listening. Sure. Uh, I, I sent out this insanely detailed email, right? Mm-hmm. I just get a rec- I'm like, hey, please let me know. I need this and this from you. Mm-hmm. A response back. Yeah, I'll be there. No, (laughs) that's not, that's not the, uh, that's not, um, that's not the question. No, that's, that's, that's part of the question, but that's not what's needed. Yeah. They might've, might as well have said K. That's the equivalent of a K. And you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to get calls out the butthole because they didn't read the email. It's like, read the email. Uh You know, this. Right. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, the good thing about running your own bureau is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I will say as a, as a result through, I mean, it's mostly just quarantine, but I have started a lot of emails with like, I'm so sorry for the tardy response. I mean, that's one thing. That's yeah. one thing. Hey, pardon the response or hey, pardon the delay. Hey, this, that, and the other. Yeah. I think that that is a compassion. I, I think right now, like this is like, Yes, we should have compassion for ourselves and people responding just to have that time. Yeah. You know, we're all going through a lot. You almost died. I almost died. Appendix style. Yeah. And then, you know, because of everything I was going through, I didn't even know whether I wanted to live or not. And then I got appendicitis. And then after recovering from that, I realized I do want to live. Dramatic. I didn't even know if I wanted to live or not. It sounds like a sex in the city. <laughs> yeah. Like, so there I was. <laughs> and then it hit me. Appendicitis. No, but that's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad that you decided to live. Because I think we've pretty much, I've definitely been there. Mm-hmm. I think for sure, the monotony of the days and, you know, if we want to get real and vulnerable, like there yeah. was a lot where I just got really depressed and I couldn't find who I was. Mm-hmm. And I think just now, like shaking out the dust, I'm I'm falling mm-hmm. back into that skin in, in a way that has more growth right. and acknowledgement. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were times where I was really depressed and I would try to do like a funny video and my mind would just go, what's the fucking point? Right. This is fun. Not funny. Right. I couldn't. I would watch some of my favorite movies or watch some of my favorite comics and I just couldn't laugh. Yeah. It was just the, it was a weird feeling. It was just like. What the fuck does today matter? Yeah. I, I've never experienced something like that before. And right. You know, you, you know, it's strange. Everybody, everybody loved Ted Lasso, right? Oh, I never watched it. Okay. Well, but I will watch it. I'll, I'll put it on my list. Here's the thing. I kind of, I started off 
because people, so many people I respect, like, oh, I loved it. I loved it. And I watched it and I hated it. And like, I tried to make it through more episodes and I just like, I really don't like this. And you know what I came to the realization was um, I project my dad onto Ted. <gasps> Ooh. And that's why I don't like the show. And people are like, fine, a- acceptable answer. Acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. I think for me, like coming out of it, I think the boomerang or the spin or I don't know the correct adjective or adverb mm-hmm. to even use of coming out of this was when I started doing creative things again for me mm-hmm. i don't know if you felt that way of moving past processing or i i, I mean i of... need to do more of it i did parts of it through in and out of like quarantine uh, uh while in quarantine um i mean i did keep like a pretty rigorous routine throughout all this i mean, I mean and that's I beautiful but for a long time it didn't make me feel good i just would know in the back of my head if i didn't do it if I didn't work out every day or cook every day or all these things, um, I'd feel worse. I, you know what? I will agree with that because I fell out of my routine. I felt like I fell out of doing meditations. I used to, at the beginning of quarantine, I did a meditation. Anybody who wanted to join could. Right. It was a loving kindness meditation. I fell out of chanting. And for me, my morning meditations were chanting, um, you know, up to 30 minutes. And then I would write a love letter to myself which mm-hmm. sounds cheesy as hell, but some of it would be manifesting. And then I would use my left hand and I would draw. Right. And I felt good because cool. I was unlocking different aspects. But as soon as, you know, like I fell off those patterns, that's when tr- truly the depression just, it just hit. Yeah. I, so I, I applaud you for keeping your, keeping your routines. Thank you. It's not, right. it wasn't easy. It's not right. easy. It's not right. easy in regular life. No, let alone COVID quarantine yeah. life. I have to ask because I've heard you tell the story on t- stage twice. Like, was what the psychic told you in the back of your mind? Like, yeah, it just got to get a little worse and then it'll get better. Well, okay. Yes. For a little backstory. Um, I do see an intuitive woman, a psychic, if you will. I say oh, is that the preferred term now? I think that's, I mean, when I say psychic, people think that I'm, I'm going to a woman off Hollywood Boulevard with a neon right. sign, Sure, but it is someone who is very gifted, um, who is very kind, mm-hmm. who is very talented. And it's not like, you can't look her up. Right. It is kind of like, you know, it is something that's like, you have to know somebody who knows somebody who gives you a number, right. you know, it's more exclusive than clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say, like, for me, I do believe in, you know, some of the stuff she said about, like, opening up your third eye and receiving messages from angels. She didn't say that, but that's how I prefer communicate. But, you know, she did say you're which at the time I was like, how could I ever forget that I'm a performer? But she just kept repeating. You need to remember you're a performer. You need to remember you're a performer. And I was like, well, how could I forget? And then through COVID, it was like, you have to remember you're a performer. And I, I couldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're going to feel like shit. And then she didn't say those words, but she's like, it's going to feel really bad. And then it'll just kind of fall into place. And, um, you know, through COVID for sure, part, uh, you know, some, one of the, even if it was just something that ca- keep kept me hanging on, even if you don't believe in the esoterical or, or whatever, if you believe it's hoo-ha, it's something that kept me moving forward was like, yeah, it feels like shit, but I know, and this is for for any, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's like career wise, I'm like, okay, yes, this will happen. And then like, it just, things just keep getting progressively worse, you know, like death in the family. It's like, okay, I guess, I guess it can get worse. Like at what point in my life is it going to be so shitty that CPS calls? (laughs) <laughs> you know right, <laughs> or right, it's right. like oh shit um but no it is it was you know um i i do believe that people do have gifts okay. i i do believe that we are are led to live at our highest potential i do believe that you know and and people want to call them ghosts or spirits or messengers whatever you want to say i i do 
believe in that. And I, maybe that's because I grew up Catholic and they're all praying to saints, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah there's one for everything. There's the bibbidi bop, but right. you know, um, yeah, it, it was something that kept me going. And and it's something that forced me to be creative. Like that's when I started doing what's your problem, sir. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to do something that helps me remember what it's like to perform. Right. And then community. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily sit down and write, you know, set up punchline jokes. No. I do feel like I am more reactionary with the audience. I feel very comfortable riffing and, and, right digging deep into crowd work and I had forgotten what that felt like because Zoom shows it's well you saw me I'm answering emails you know and we're on Zoom <laughs> yeah it sucks and then afterwards you just hit in meeting and you go back yeah and I, I was like I gotta fucking do something and that's when right. I was like you know what S- perform on your feet mm-hmm. stand up put your computer in a high place like you're sitting down it doesn't feel good right anyways did that help yeah because I was able to move and and right. feel like I was moving forward on a stage right. through the set instead of, mm-hmm. you know, sitting down yelling at a green dot on my screen. Right. And I I was in attendance for a few of those and they were very fun. One of them nice. was in my car. <laughs> I was watched it on my phone in my car. I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate you showing up. Honestly, like every comic. I'm sure you hear this all the time appreciates you. And if they don't tell you this, you should hear it. it because it would, I do hear it sometimes. It would be like, I'm a guy at his computer running this whole thing. And so that is kind of what has just been going on for over a decade. But definitely I felt even more of that in quarantine, not getting to see people every night. Well, I mean, you know, you know, I'll tell you like people, comics, are very appreciative of you. Like, you know, you're spoken highly in the scene, even even if nobody's telling you. Everybody appreciates the work that you've done. So thank you, if I'm telling you now, but you know, maybe you've heard of it. Uh Uh-oh, will you take a look at the... I should should have like a sound box for this, like like an email alert. (laughs) Oh yeah, bling! It It is getting a little like, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Right. Can you do this? That's oh, okay. I got I got an email just yesterday that was very touching because like a lot of people have been just kind of like their attitude towards virtual comedy in regards to like what I was doing. They're like, yeah, it was like really great that you were like doing that and keeping it going for people, but oh, it's like it sucked. And I'm like, okay. Um, and they're just like so happy that I'm listing in-person stuff again. And um this one person emailed me and they were like, his name's Kevin Silva. Uh, he's like, from the bottom of my heart, I truly want to thank you for trying to keep such a beautiful art form as safe as possible and sticking to your guns um, until you saw like there actually be like a big shift towards, you know, trying to do stuff safely. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And I'm like, thank goodness. You know, because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's why I was doing what I was doing. And look, I kept tabs on all in-person stuff throughout this whole time. And, you know, people's selfishness, really, I mean, I, in a very broad sense, uh, the, this pandemic brought out the very best and the very worst in people. I agree. Yeah. And I just I- got to see a lot of that. A lot of venom came out. And I don't know if that's per people were aware Mm -hmm. of their own actions Mm -hmm. or their own, like, you know, I don't, it's hard to say, like, for me, it's hard to say this person showed their true colors because, you know, we were all affected by this and in a way emotionally manipulated by COVID. Right. So anger was allowed to be expressed in ways that we probably wouldn't, subconsciously expressed in ways that we never knew that we we could inhibit right i don't know but again some people were just cunts and it came out and they couldn't hide behind it anymore and it's like a fuck yourself like (laughs) yeah tight cool um you are a real piece of shit and this just confirms it 
Yep. Um, yep. But again, yep. like I, that's me like trying to have like compassion for people and get people to benefit the doubt. And the other part, side of me is like, just be realistic. Like they're assholes. <laughs> like, yeah. and now people know, and that's fine. That There's, that's fine. That's valid. That's <laughs> whether they know it or not. That's how they identify. <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But um no, it's I I I tried my very best because like I had, you know, the bureau's been running for over a decade, and I feel like it's this institution and it's a platform. And I felt some responsibility in terms of like not um encouraging recklessness. And you know, I'm not a person to say you have to do this or have to and i actually am <laughs> surprise surprise i don't have any government power right. to like actually <laughs> mandate anyone doing anything but yeah i i felt like very much if i told people like oh there's this mic going on in an apartment like people would be like oh yeah then we don't have to do anything if i co-sign on that then people would just have to, they would just throw away any sort of, well, there would be a handful of people that would throw away caution and not be responsible. Like yeah. they needed Well, they're, they did it. I'm just doing what they did because they said it was fine and it wouldn't be fine. It's like, come on. Yeah. You have to, this is like, it definitely showed who is able to take responsibility for themselves. Yeah. As well as others during this time, but really like, some it really showed who is and who is not aware of their actions and kind of what you said is is respectful of like and self-aware enough to say like oh this is potentially dangerous or throwing caution i don't know if i'm making sense right now no you're making sense you're making, no, you're sense. making I, sense it's not coherent but uh you're making sense <laughs> you want to project your own security yeah it sounds like coherent. i'm <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I'm doing. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> and this is just a small snippet of what you missed for not attending. What's your problem, sir? <laughs> it's just meltdowns. Just an hour of a meltdown and me asking the audience to to, to help me. <laughs> yeah, I remember you admonishing a, an audience member because they were just like, I'm fine. Nothing's going on. You're like, nothing. You got nothing. Yeah, I will say that was very frustrating that they were able to just be a duck on the water. Yeah. And I was jealous of that. And I was also upset with the man who just made a sub in the background. He made, he was in his kitchen making a sub, like a sandwich. See, this is the true, diff the like obstacle of Zoom comedy. I mean, there's the framing. There's all this like, digital, but it's just like at a show, you wouldn't be allowed to make a sub sandwich in the background. Uh, or with a full a baguette. With yeah. a full baguette. <laughs> Yeah. And it was like, it might get, if it would be like a, clearly the computer was in another room. Right. He was on mute. Mm -hmm. Just listening as if it were a live podcast. Right. And I was like, this is an interactive show. Yes. And I was fixated on it. Yeah. The whole time. People that, that is, you know, even though it was in comedy and I brought this up before, but it was just crazy. I mean, as to like, the freedom of people to do whatever they want to do on zoom with there mm. being no decorum. I went to this like black lives matter, like what, like call webinar, call to action, something like that. And then a woman came to share or like offer some of her, uh, what she wanted to, uh, some pointers or something. She was holding a baby and baking a pie at the same time. How the fuck did she do that? I know it's like, you can't pause for like, social justice to just like not you gotta, bake a you, pie you gotta bake a pie while you're you're like taking care of your baby that's a lot it's a lot that's a lot yeah take some time Damn. it's only an hour meeting you know thank you or prep the pie but who am i i'm not a baby's guardian or birther <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what birther means now oh i forgot what birther means wasn't birther it like birther movement yeah, where you What's don't that? think Obama's from the U.S. Oh, yeah. Can we take back Birther? Yeah, let's take back. Birther. Let's take back Birther. All right, we're gonna have wage a war against Christmas and then take back Birther. We're we're the new Joe Rogans. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Let's get our <laughs> necks all gross. <laughs> yeah. 
I wish there, there are plenty of times, well, maybe not plenty, but there were times on that podcast where, especially like in response to Fauci after he like, you know, said that, oh, you're young, you don't need to get vaccinated. He's like, I am a moron. I do commentary for cage fights and I'm a comedian. Stop listening to me. That's what. That's, that's what, what Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. He finally said that. Yeah. And you know what? It didn't make the rounds. Interesting. Mm. They don't want to hear that. Oh, shit, Jake. I'm getting rammed. <laughs> I mean, can you mm. narrow, uh, like, I, I don't know, while not giving away anybody's identity to like try to narrate through these emails? Or, you know, what would be good right now is going through some comedy news. <laughs> First time in news, a musical that is based off of Sarah Silverman's memoir, The Bedwetter, is set to deb- debut next spring off Broadway. Okay. See, when I clicked on this the first time, and now I'm just seeing um, it wasn't hyperlink just now because I, I looked at this, it it pulled up to the next thing, which is um the Oedipus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, man, seriously, this is getting pretty fucked up. I mean, I think it's <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to be clear, Sarah Silverman is not, her memoir has nothing to do with Oedipal complexes. No, no, not at all. I think it'll be fun. I, I think, think it will be fun, yeah. I think that people will be upset. A lot of conservatives will be upset because they just hear the name Sarah Silverman and they hate her. Right. Because she's, you know, she stands for like women's reproductive rights and which is <laughs> yeah they get so mad over women trying to take agency over their own body yeah and they get upset you know like she's also jewish a lot of conservative people in texas right wing because when i did a show with sarah silverman some people in my extended family were like why would you blah 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 it's like oh you're clearly a bigot and yeah. you are hateful. like i already knew you were hateful but that was one of their things it was like well you know right. she's jewish and she's pro-abortion. I was like, those things are not hand in hand. Um, They're they're not. And also it's like, I don't know, get, if you're going to be a hateful person, like catch up, we're past the Jewish thing. I mean, okay, Nazi, like, (laughs) (laughs) what is, I mean, a lot of them, they're, they're among you. Do you know that? I mean, they're cops. They're, yep. They're mayors of rural areas, probably not. Or whatever. What, what was Ted, Ted Bundy's like famous speech in court? He's like, we're, we are your brothers. We are your fathers. Oh, something like that. Oh, I fucking forgot about that. I did watch the one about the um, serial killer in New York. Not Ted Bundy. Yeah. Son David of Berkowitz. Sam. David Berkowitz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't like musicals, so I probably won't see it. But I am right. a fan of Sarah Silverman. Right. So I'll read the reviews and I'll retweet about it. Yeah, hell yeah. That is what most comedians do. Yep. I say, you know what? I like this person. I'll retweet. Yeah. And it's go like, see how it? does anybody get their album to number one on iTunes if that's all that we're doing? That's all we're fucking doing is retweeting. Yeah. I Okay. I am interested in your thoughts about this Rachel Weiss, Colin Farrell. Do you know Todd Solons at all? No. Ever? Uh-uh. There's a movie um, called Happiness. It's one of the more disturbing like dramedies that's ever been made. Um, there is a legitimate pedophile who, surprise, surprise, everybody, isn't a trans person. I know. Well, don't tell my sister-in-law that. She won't believe you. Where is that even? Co- if you look at the history of pedophilia, almost none of them are trans people. I know. I know. <laughs> They're mostly just white guys. It's gross. Yeah. What it, I'm just like wondering where this conspiracy theory came from. It's where they always come from. They just, you know, anything other that it must be demonized, demonized, right. you know? Right. Yeah. That's why I have other tattooed on my arm. What? Did, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I believe you, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the idea. Oh, yeah. No, I, I am dog sitting and I'm not allowed to have dogs and my landlord shows up out of the blue all the time right. and a car door reflected. And I said, could be my landlord. So I took a peek. Right. Right. 
He uh, he has asked and pressured me to turn my one bedroom apartment into two studios. And what you what you say to him? I said no. <laughs> he said you could live here during the construction. I said no. And he said, I'd give you a reduced rent. I said, I don't want to live in a studio apartment. I definitely don't want to live through construction as you turn my one bedroom into a studio apartment. Mm -hmm. We have a legal binding agreement. We have a lease. And he was like, well, it ends in August. I said, it's month to month and I'm protected, blah, blah, blah. It was a big thing. And then he kept being like, so you're unwilling to compromise. And I was like, what? And he kept saying these words as if I was a bad person. I was like, why did you rent this to me? If you wanted to be a slumlord and turn a one bedroom yeah. into two studios. Right. Which is already, it's already small. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. It, landlords, they, they're, man, with some of the most unaware people on the planet. Mm-hmm. I, my landlord, well, I w- was take, I was paying for a parking spot in my building from another unit because they weren't using it. Um, mm. They like offered it to me, and then that got taken when they had somebody else move into that unit, like another roommate mm-hmm. who did want to use the spot. And I was like, you know, my I reached out to my landlord. And it's like, oh well, you know, I I can give you this spot because this unit's empty, but you'll have and I won't charge you, but it'll have to uh, you'll have to give it up once like you know somebody moves in. And that was like several months ago. And then he just emailed me like, uh, well, you know, I'm trying to sell more units and, um, you know, I think I'm going to have to start charging you to, for that parking spot. And I really, I think it'd be, I'd really appreciate if you just gave it back. That'd be really kind. <laughs> and I read that email. I'm like, no, what are you fucking kidding me? It's like, that you're acting like really kind. Yeah. Oh, like we're friends or something. Motherfucker, you came and I think like four months into the pandemic, he came around with quarters. Like, oh, do you need money for the laundromat? No. How about not charging rent right now? How about that? Is it a a company that owns the building and then a landlord who works for them? No. Because the owner... He owns a a bunch of buildings. Yeah, the owner of the property is also the landlord. And that's... I'm like, I like having that middleman. Yeah. Because I'll look outside my window and he's vaping in the yard. And it's like, you don't fucking live here, dude. <laughs> like, it's just uncomfortable. Anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, on to Todd Solons. Todd Solons yeah. directed Welcome to the Dollhouse, which is like kind of a cult dramedy. Um, happiness is definitely like, there are really funny parts to it. There are some of the most disturbing moments I've ever seen in movies. And actually, you don't even see anything happen. Um, just like seeing a, some scenes through the lens of a pedophile is like really upsetting. Um, so it's not for everybody, but um, Todd is, uh, I mean, you want to talk about dark comedy. It doesn't really get much darker than that. Uh, you think Oh Hell No is going to be dark, a dark comedy? No, Oh Hell No is not Todd Solons. Oh, you, you're, that was Bedwetter. That no. was Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss yes. and the bedwetter are two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. Ra- d- d- yes. Th- that was the thing with Colin Farrell. I understand yes. I'm on different links. I'm trying to keep up. I'm <laughs> I'm also nervous that I'm I'm gonna get a call from another executive. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like trying really hard to be present because I've been looking forward to this podcast and then right. they're ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. It's part of the journey of this episode, you know? It really is. It really, it, 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 and I'm fine with it. I, it's, it really, I know people have like really um, segmented, highly produced ideas for podcasts and how they like to run theirs. I, this is just kind of like press record and have I'll figure fun. it out. Yeah, I have like fun. That. Yeah. Um, because if I was just going down the news like this is part of the interruption, I would hate it. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, this, you know, Rachel Weiss, Todd Solon's Colin Farrell movie uh, that is it's supposed to I think the article says it's a fun twist on Edi- the edible complex or Oedipus Rex. 
Uh, and so there's like, you know, a kid that like wants to get rid of uh, his dad to have spend more time with his mom. But then I, I think the a twist st- is mm-hmm. a handsome stranger gets into the mix. And that's all that they say. That's all they say in the press release. It's like, OK, what's this fucking stranger do? Like kill the kid? Come on. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And then uh, a handsome stranger. A handsome stranger. I mean, that's the dad kills yeah or it kills the whole family who knows who knows yeah i i mean i'm on board i mean i i am definitely like having watched everything that i watched you know whether it be live comedy movies tv and i've watched so much of it i just want to see stuff that's different yep and i think it'll definitely be different yeah i like things that take big swings even if they end up not really working swing and a miss swing and a miss i'd rather see a swing and a miss than be disappointed at a goofy ass dragon in Disney's mm-hmm. ploy for more Asian money. Or gay money. Actually, they'll never do anything gay. Wait, isn't, oh, no, no, no. Uh, Billy Eichner's uh, rom-com is at Universal, right? I don't know. <laughs> You're answering all these Hollywood Network emails ever. I thought you were in I don't the- know anything about Billy Eichner. <laughs> <laughs> get his name out of your mouth when you talk to me um he Everyone's does have like, his <laughs> yes he does have a rom-com that is uh, universal i mean that's cool that's cute. yeah but it's not disney speaking of rom-coms jack black ice cube are teaming up to have their own rom-com it, that would be cool if that was a rom-com um but it's the, not <laughs> it's i there are no details released for that uh the director katao sarakai uh, some might know that name from being the director of Atlanta on FX mm-hmm. and doing a lot of the uh, weirder stuff in FX's um, series Cake, their anthology, short form anthology series. Uh, so, you know, if you put the names Jack Black and Ice Cube in a comedy, you might be led to believe it, it might be something that's a little more broad, a little more uh, cineplexy, but... I I wonder, you know, Katow does a lot of weird, weird stuff. Yeah. And I don't know what this is going to be. It could be a rom-com between them two. I don't know. It would be fun. It would yeah. be silly. Yes. And a rom-com go, oh, oh, hell no. I think that works. Oh, hell no. We're in love. <laughs> okay, I'm crying. <laughs> yes, yes. I'd be in that. I'd be in that. Um, let's see. Have you seen Perfect Strangers ever? No. So this won't be a reboot for me. It'll just be the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. I did also. And when I was reading up on Perfect Strangers, like uh, something fell into place for me because like. Is this an Olsen twins movie? No. Lindsay Lohan? No. Okay. No, it's a TV series. No, I mean, this is the flip of it. It was starring two guys. Okay. And now they're rebooting with two black women. I like that. Robin Thede and London Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had not... There have been so many references throughout the years to this character, Balky, that I was just like, sure. And then <laughs> I was reading the premise for Perfect Strangers. Like, oh, that's where it came oh, from. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Right. So that they're rebooting that. Um, 150 episodes. I know. 1986 to 1993. Yeah. Now that's money. Yes. Back back when seasons orders were like for 25, and uh, not yeah. not eight to ten. Hang on, I gotta email this thing back. Cause guess what? What? EP. <laughs> EP email. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, like when emails need to be that quick, like why don't you just send text messages? It's unprofessional. <laughs> and it's nice to have a written. Sure. You know, get it in writing with witnesses. Right. Group text, you can lose it. Group email, you just type in a keyword mm-hmm. as well. Well, you so can that. search your text messages like email now. People don't want to do that. I, I do that. Network executives don't want to do that. I know. I Mostly it's still like, did what was the other playlist that could, my ex made me? 
I know. <laughs> I hate that shit too. Um, can you do me a favor? Can you edit out the name of the show? Sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, and that. I'll edit out that. Okay. You don't have to. <laughs> I think it might be a fun joke if I'm just always like, can you actually edit that out? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I love the show. I love, I mean, we work, I, we, we have, we do have a great team. It's just like crunch time right now. Yeah. I will say that. Except for yesterday and the day before. Oh, that was for another show. Oh, uh, okay. I hated that team. Oh, no. And that can stay in. No. They were, they were mean. They were mean. <laughs> I didn't like them. <laughs> oh, no. What, no. what constitutes a mean post team? just emotionally and verbally abusive and right. um just it was just i don't i don't want to like i can't get i don't i don't live, relive through it i'm so sorry it's so sorry fine. it's okay yeah. it's okay not me if you could believe it ever this is actually not the most chaotic episode that i've had of this podcast who is your most chaotic uh guest so, todd todd barry todd, todd glass todd glass <laughs> no todd barry would be like um uh, oh so this is about comedy news. It doesn't seem like you're getting to news. Is that the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. very understated and very uh, ribby. But um, no, I had uh, I had a homina on as a guest, and he said that this guy's album just came out. And it was so funny, but like he's a pedophile, <laughs> and like sometimes a homina could be like a really good actor in a way where like. I couldn't distinguish whether he was kidding or not. Yeah. Is this a really dark joke or is this yeah, real? <laughs> yeah. And I just was kind of like playing along. And as I later found out, he was like, yeah, I didn't know where to go with that. So I just kept doubling down. That's so fucked up. And, so and I funny. ended up looking that I entered that. Uh, oh, it was Nick Nemiroff. There it is. He said oh. Nick Nemiroff's album was like, like oh. so funny, but he's like a pedophile. Like he came from Canada. He was a pedophile there. And now he's in America for some reason. What? Oh my I God. What a smear campaign. I know. And then I typed Nick's name into Megan's law. Cause I was like, what oh, are you? I know. Yeah. And of course, no, nothing, nothing comes no, up. Nothing comes up. Uh, of course. And then I was like, all right, I felt weird about this. And like the rest of the interview was clouded by that in my mind. So I messaged uh, Hamid and I was like, can we redo this? And he's like, actually, can we just like have me and Nick on and we'll just do like a bit about this. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. Yeah. And we did. And (laughs) what it essentially became was me trying to get through the news as they just bigger. And he's like, why did you call me a pedophile, dude? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, well, you know, like you just like get better spots than me and like you get get more dates and like i was just like jealous <laughs> that's so fucking funny <laughs> yeah that was I, that, that was a trip i do actually have to make a call <laughs> okay it's okay i'm so sorry it's all right i'm so sorry how do we end this now okay well we, we got to bring it in uh, all right so we ran through all this news yeah it, okay just real quick what do you got coming up now that you're out and about and doing live comedy um, I'm currently working. I'm not going to tell the venue name because I know how you sharks in the waters are comics. Um, but Lindsay Adams and I will be producing a new live show at, um, a rooftop in Los Angeles. Um, Hell I'm yeah. currently in talks with, um, a venue in Highland park to produce my, uh, one person show. What's your problem, sir? Right. Um, that which i think is cool like it it feels good like i know it's not like i have got things set in stone but it's like oh yeah venues are opening up again and i were working on setting a date which is exciting um and that feels good right where i used to i would pout oh i don't don't have you know well we're still working on it but now i'm like oh fuck like it's happening it's going to happen like here are the emails, here are the date options, here's what we can offer. So that's right. exciting. So live shows coming up for standup live. And when I say one person show, it's just, it's riffing, it's crowd work, not in a bullying way, I hope, but probably um, in a loving uh, way. And I imagine if you if you cross some lines, you'll apologize. I do, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was just like, there'll be a part of what your problem was served because you'll be in person. You'll just lead everybody through Namio Oranga Kyo for like I five mean, minutes. yeah, the, the, the whole Gahanza. <laughs> yeah. 
I used to know it, but I don't anymore. Like I said, I'm out of practice. It's okay. Oh, I'll do it with the Tina Turner app and then or on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, That's be how fun. I learned. I imagine when you said you and Lindsay Adams were doing a show, I just imagined like you, it was like you trying to get through an hour and then Lindsay's just like your biggest fan in the audience with like a That's sign. so funny. <laughs> no, yeah, we're co-hosting. Her, we're so stoked. Yeah. <laughs> and then her just like, like basically berating other audience members for not being as ecstatic as that she is. That would be her style. Like, you yeah. suck. <laughs> like, Lindsay, calm down. <laughs> All right, Jake, I, I hate to end it like this, right. but I have to call an executive's assistant. <laughs> I, I get it. Fo- follow Ever at Ever Maynard across socials. Mm-hmm. Thank you so uh, much for having me, Jake. Absolutely. I follow, I'm the Comic Bureau. Follow the Comic Bureau at thecomicbureau.com, at the Comic Bureau across socials. At me on Instagram at not the supermarket, me on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. There are a lot of great causes to support at this time, but it, I, I'd ask you to support those. But if you have money and generosity after that, support the Comedy Bureau because I've been doing it for 10 and a half years on yes. my lonesome. Yes. And you have anything to say as we sign off? Thank you, network executives. Hell yeah. <laughs> and as I like to say at the end of every episode, comedy is still indeed happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.